Good morning and welcome to Our American Heritage. I am March Hunter, the host of the program. Our American Heritage, a program where we explore in depth the American experience from its beginning to the present. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the background of John Fitzgerald Kennedy and his background before he was president, coming up through his presidency, and some of the uniqueness that John Kennedy had uh, as the president of the United States and his background, which it's hard for a lot of us that remember President Kennedy's assassination. His face is just solid in time because we remember this young president. And obviously, we have these pictures of this terrible assassination in November of 1963. And so this image is frozen in our minds of John Fitzgerald Kennedy as a fairly young president. And in May of this year, in in another month or so, If John Kennedy was still alive, he'd be 105 years old, which just is mind-boggling to me because, as I said, he is just frozen in time, unfortunately, from his assassination, and that's all we have, uh, pictures of him. So the, the background of John Fitzgerald Kennedy is he obviously was the 35th president of the United States. And there are several uniquenesses that JFK had as president. And and the first one is he was the youngest elected president in the history of our nation. Teddy Roosevelt was the youngest president we've ever had. But Teddy Roosevelt was not elected to his first term as he assumed the presidency after the death, the assassination of, of William McKinley. So JFK was the youngest elected president. Teddy Roosevelt was nine months younger than John Fitzgerald Kennedy when he assumed the presidency. John Fitzgerald Kennedy was also the first Roman Catholic president we have ever had. And up until this past year, we we said that he was the only Roman Catholic president we've ever had. The sitting president currently, Joe Biden, is also Roman Catholic. So we've had two Roman Catholic presidents, John Kennedy and now Joe Biden. JFK is the only president to have won a Pulitzer Prize as an author. So there, there is uniquenesses there that are still very unique with, with the Kennedy presidency. When he was young, President Kennedy was not a healthy young person and suffered through many, many different illnesses. He was not a big person. He, John Kennedy was always, always very thin throughout his lifetime. He was not always necessarily the healthiest kid growing up. And constantly, particularly when he got into his teenage years, he had tremendous chronic back problems that actually almost caused him to die in the early 1950s. So his back problems as a young person, late teenage years, early 20s, that disqualified him from being in the Army during World War II. After Pearl Harbor, he was accepted into the Navy as an ensign. 
And we know this is where we first see John Fitzgerald Kennedy coming to be known because he was the, the captain of two different PT boats, PT-109 and then PT-59. And it was PT-109 that was obviously level of the on made into a movie. Uh, his PT boat was torpedoed by a Japanese submarine. And uh, he actually helped save several of his crew by getting them ashore after the PT boat was literally cut in half. And I believe it was Cliff Robinson who starred in the movie playing Ensign John Kennedy in, in PT-109. And then later on, after he recovered from his wounds of the attack on PT-109, he then captained PT-59. And if you know anything about PT boats, they were wooden. They were very fast. They had two outdoor diesel engines on them. They had torpedo tubes on them, and they could get through the water very, very quickly and we used them in the South Pacific. And when Ensign Kennedy, Captain PT-59, he then also had 50 caliber machine guns put on his PT boat so that they were able to use the PT boat not only for torpedo launches, but also the 50 caliber round machine guns. When Ensign John Kennedy came home from World War II, he decided that he wanted to go into politics. And if we remember, John Kennedy's father, Joseph Kennedy, really wanted the oldest son, Joseph Kennedy, to be president and go into politics. Unfortunately, Joseph Kennedy, John Kennedy's older brother, his plane crashed in the English Channel in the early states of the war, and he perished. So now when John Kennedy decides to run politically, he first runs in 1952, where he won the House of Representatives seat, and he defeated Representative Henry Cabot Lodge. And if that name is familiar to you, it's because he was Richard Nixon's running mate in 1960. Uh, Richard Nixon, the Republican running against John Kennedy for the presidency in 19, 1960. So Kennedy became a congressperson in 1952. And then in 1954, he ran for the Senate and he became one of the senators from Massachusetts. In 1953, John Kennedy married Jacqueline Bouvier, Jacqueline Bouvier Kennedy Onassis. And John Kennedy's father encouraged him that if he really, really wanted to have a long political career, that he should be married and he should have a family. So John Kennedy was known to be quite uh, the um, playboy at the time as a single, eligible, good-looking, rich bachelor. But he, Jackie Bouvier caught his eye. And they married in 1953. His first term in the Senate, in particularly in 1955, John Kennedy had several spinal operations on his very, very medically, chronically bad back. And he almost died. And actually, they thought he was going to die 
1955, during the second spinal surgery, he was actually given the last rites because they believed that he would not survive the surgery, which we obviously know that he did come through the surgery. And then when we come up to 1956, for the Democratic nomination for the presidency, Senator Kennedy was very interested in running for the presidency in 1956, and he was seeking out information and getting information put together about the possibility of him, him running for the presidency in 1956 at this point. And what the Democrats actually discouraged him from running for the presidency in 1956 because they were well aware of President Eisenhower was seeking a second term in 1956. And the Democrats were well aware that the likelihood of anybody beating President Eisenhower was slim to almost impossible. So though he thought of running for the Democratic nomination, he was encouraged by fellow Democrats not to put his name in nomination in 1956. And we know that Adlai Stevenson got the Democratic nomination in 56 for the second time. He ran against President Eisenhower in 1956, and the result was even worse for the Democrats in 56 than it was in 52 when Adlai Stevenson ran against then General Eisenhower and lost in 52, and then again lost to President Eisenhower in 1956. So we now begin to see Senator Kennedy on the stage, on the public stage of America, because he was able to give some speeches and got some press time in 1956. So by 1960, Senator Kennedy was determined that he was going to run for the presidency in 1960 as the Democratic nominee for the presidency. And it was a hard-fought battle for this young John Kennedy against who a lot of Democrats thought would get the nomination, which was Senator Lyndon B. Johnson. Johnson had been in the Senate now since 1948. He was a very powerful majority leader of the Democrats in the Senate for many years. Lyndon Johnson believed that he would get the nomination and that it was his time to run for the presidency and win the nomination from the Democrat Party and then win the presidency. Lyndon Johnson did not particularly care for John Kennedy, Lyndon Johnson being older, having a lot more experience in the Senate. John Kennedy was a lot younger. He did not have a lot of experience. There was not a, a lot of legislation that John Kennedy sponsored as a senator. Lyndon Johnson did not like John Kennedy's lifestyle, didn't like a lot of his politics, even though they were both Democrats. And Lyndon Johnson honestly believed he was going to win the nomination. And it was very similar to in 2008, when 
it looked like Hillary Clinton was going to get the nomination for the Democrats. And lo and behold, the young Barack Obama comes along and pretty much overwhelms all the other Democrats and overwhelms Hillary Clinton and wins the nomination and wins the presidency. Very similar to what happened in 1960, that John Kennedy ultimately got the nomination for the presidency on the Democratic ticket. And Lyndon Johnson was beyond furious that he did not get it. And he told John Kennedy that he was going to give him a very hard time in the Senate. So when the Kennedy team was thinking about who would be the vice presidential nominee, John Kennedy said, I want Lyndon Johnson. And particularly his brother, Bobby, who went on to become the, the attorney general under Lyndon, or under John Kennedy. Bobby said, Lyndon Johnson doesn't like you. And there's a lot of differences between you. Why would you want him as your vice presidential candidate? And John Kennedy said, he's going to give us, Lyndon Johnson's going to give us a lot of trouble in the Senate. He wants to be president. He'll accept the position of vice president. And when he accepts that, we now have eliminated him from the Senate. We've eliminated his power, and we're going to be able to control Lyndon Johnson as vice president. And John Kennedy was exactly right. Lyndon Johnson accepted the vice presidential place, and John Kennedy and his staff and his cabinet was able to neutralize Lyndon Johnson and also Remember, John Kennedy was from Massachusetts. It also helped John Kennedy solidify a tremendous amount of more conservative Southern Democrats because of Lyndon Johnson. So we come up to the election of 1960, and the Republican was Richard Nixon, who had been vice president for eight years under General Eisenhower. Richard Nixon had a tremendous amount of experience as vice president and senator and congressman. And so Richard Nixon ran on, I'm the experienced candidate. We're in the midst of the Cold War against the Soviet Union. I am the experienced candidate who is able to continue to lead our nation. And I can continue the policies of President Dwight D. Eisenhower. What happened was John Kennedy was 42. Richard Nixon was only three years older than John Kennedy. They actually, their offices in the Senate chambers was actually right across the hall from each other. And there was many times when they were both serving in the Senate and Nixon as vice president, they oftentimes had lunch together and were very friendly towards each other, but not with politics. So what happened in 1960 is this is where we have the presidential, the first time the presidential debates are on television. So the TV debates. So in the first debate of 1960, which is the first time it had ever been on TV, which was a major big deal, John Kennedy took four or five days, came to Miami, Florida. He prepped himself with a lot of information. He relaxed for a few days. He was able to get somewhat of a suntan, and Richard Nixon had just gotten out of the hospital. He had suffered from gout, so Nixon had only been out of the hospital for a short amount of time. He had lost some weight, so when they got to the TV studio, 
John Kennedy took the TV camera makeup, which is basically a white powder, so you, you don't sweat under the TV lights. So he's tan, he's relaxed, he's not sweating. Richard Nixon uh, had the five o'clock shadow because he had a very dark beard. He had a suit on that didn't honestly fit him because he had lost some weight. He refused to take the makeup. So Nixon is now sweating under the lights of the TV cameras. So we, we look at the two of the, the candidates, and John Kennedy is relaxed. He's poised. He looks very healthy. He has a, a good sense of humor about him. Richard Nixon looks a little disheveled. He looks tired. He has a five o'clock shadow. He's sweating. So we got the impression that he was possibly nervous. And if you watch the debate on TV, overwhelmingly, if you watched and poll and you were polled, John Kennedy overwhelmingly won the debate. If you listen to the debate on the radio, overwhelmingly, Richard Nixon won the debate because you're not looking at faces. You're not looking at the cameras. And so from that point on, we've always had presidential debates. And now we know the importance of image. Unfortunately, a lot of us Americans look at the image of a candidate, not actually what they are saying. And that proved out with the polling numbers in 1960. One thing that John Kennedy brought forth in the first debate, he accused the Eisenhower administration of allowing America to get far behind in nuclear weapons and missiles against the Soviet Union. And he said there is a large gap between the missiles that the Soviet Union has and the missiles that the United States has. And so the Eisenhower administration has allowed us to fall far behind in defense. And that was absolutely an inaccurate statement. But Richard Nixon could not rebut that statement because of national security. Actually, the United States had somewhere in the vicinity of about 35,000 nuclear warheads at the height of the Cold War, and the Soviet Union had just about 6,000 nuclear warheads. And John Kennedy knew that his statement was not true, but Nixon could not disprove it because of national security, which obviously also angered President Dwight D. Eisenhower immensely because of Ike as a five-star general, World War II, fighting Nazi Germany, and then fighting the Cold War against the Soviet Union. That just infuriated President Dwight D. Eisenhower. And again, he also did not particularly like or care for John Kennedy. So in the 1960 election, Richard Nixon had a tremendous amount of experience politically on the national stage. John Fitzgerald Kennedy had very little experience and had done very little. It was the closest election in American history. John Kennedy won 49.7% of the popular vote. Richard Nixon won 49.6% of the popular vote. Kennedy got 303 electoral college votes to Richard Nixon's 219. The margin of victory for John Fitzgerald Kennedy was 118,000 votes. Very, very close election. One-tenth of one percent was the outcome of it. There looked like 
there was some major discrepancies in vote counts in Illinois and also in the state of Texas. And a lot of the vote counts in Chicago looked very, very suspect. But Vice President Nixon decided he would not challenge the election results, which he said, and I quote, for the betterment of the country, it is better that we just move on and accept the outcome. So John Fitzgerald Kennedy is now the president-elect. He is the youngest elected president. He is the Democratic president that we haven't had since 1952, which was Harry Truman. And President Kennedy is the first president that was born in the 20th century. He was the first World War II president of the greatest generation. And he was the first president to bring forth a tremendous amount of changes, particularly to the inside structure of the White House on, on many different levels. So he becomes president and the at his inauguration, and I encourage you to either listen to his inaugural address or read it because it was very inspiring when he said that ask not what your country can do for you, but rather what you can do for your country. Don't look for the government, what the government can do for you. You tell the government what you can do for it. And that made so much sense. And the other famous line, he said, that the torch has been passed on to a new generation of Americans, born in this century, tempered by war, and let every enemy know that we will stand and we will do everything to continue to protect and defend the defense of freedom. And he was a very good speaker. John Kennedy was a very charismatic speaker. He had that little quick sense of humor. He had a, um, a little bit of a Massachusetts, Boston, Brookline accent that people just were enamored over. Jackie Kennedy was a young wife. They had two young children. During the early days of their presidency, Jackie uh, was expecting their third child. Unfortunately, their third child only survived life for a couple of days. So that whole World War II generation now can associate with this young president who was about their age. The family with John and Jackie Kennedy two young children in the White House, and the press then labeled them that it was like a love story and it was the return of Camelot. And so the Kennedys come to the White House, young president uh, of the World War II generation. The country loved Jackie Kennedy. She was a very honorable woman. She was a very gracious woman. She was a very classy woman. And the, the women of America loved what Jackie Kennedy wore. And I remember one time when going to church, I asked my mom, mom, why are you wearing white gloves to church? She said, well, that's what Jackie Kennedy wears. So the Kennedys brought this excitement to the White House. And it's like our country began to shift away from the older generation to the World War II generation, and it was now their turn 
to govern the country. So even though Kennedy won a very thin election, when you listen to President Kennedy speak, he encouraged us. He motivated us. He kept the defense of America always in the forefront when he spoke with all of the chronic illnesses that he had. So we come up to the Kennedy election and the uniqueness of it. And then we're going to look at exactly what President Kennedy did when he was president of the United States until he was unfortunately assassinated after 1,063 days on that tragic day in Dallas in 1963. So this is WFYL 1180 AM, Working for Your Liberty.